Would you pray with me? God, thank you for bringing us to this time. Be with us today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The scripture chosen for this morning is in the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 31, all the way to chapter 13, verse 13. And here is what the scripture says for us today. But now, let me show you a way of life that is best of all. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if all, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast on about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patience and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up and put away childish things, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows, now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are living in new times. Some would say this is a new world. There is a lot of tension brewing. As with every topic, people have very different opinions about what's happening and how we can move forward with our lives. People are afraid. Afraid of the vulnerable population being infected and dying. Afraid of an economic collapse and how many more lives that might destroy. There is frustration, there is tiredness, and the fear and outwardness of uncertainty 
is a very real stressor. Now, here's the truth. This is not a new thing. Before COVID-19, we all had all kinds of political and ideological differences that drew lines between groups. It's part of being human. So here's my big question for today. How do we navigate the tension of differences and this uncertain future? Now, our text for today speaks to this so beautifully. Our text is in the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13. I'm sure you are familiar with at least part of this passage because it is read at 90% of weddings. Now, we often call this the love chapter. And I want to take a moment to dive into this text and show you how this text is not just a sweet poem to read at a wedding. It is actually the very key to navigating the tensions and the uncertainty on this new world. So let's dive in. Now, I chose this text because we are in a series of discipleship. We've been looking at a few stories of the book of Acts and observing how the first disciples of Jesus became a community that was soaked and ignited by the Holy Spirit. We also seen how even in the early days, the honeymoon didn't last long. Factions and controversy broke out amongst different groups in the church. Now, last week, we talked about two groups and the divisions and conflicts between those two groups. And as the church continued to grow, there was conflict. A little bit of chaos for some, and for others, it was just a mess. So I chose this text because it is part of a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, in Greece. The church there was divided into factions and they were arguing over who was more spiritual. Some had received spiritual gifts and others didn't. Some received the gift of prophecy and others didn't. Some people felt that their wealth was a sign of God's blessing and they looked down on the poor. It was a mess. And it sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? Now Paul tries to guide the church in Corinth to realize we all have certain gifts for ministries. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. Different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Now, God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Now, the goal of the letter is to guide the church to realize that spiritual gifts are good to have, But there is something essential in Christian life. And Paul puts it in verse 31 of chapter 12. Let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Now, the alternative path that Paul is about to show the Corinthians is one that goes above and beyond imagination. It is a path excessive. It overflows. It is the most excellent way to give, to follow a life. 
And that way is love. Love. Love that never falls apart. Love that never fails. Love that never ends. Love that never collapses. Love that never ceases. However, the church in Corinth was all focused on the prophecies, the tongues, the knowledge. They were focused on those gifts that were that people could see, you know, look how God is working in my life. But the scripture is reminding them that although those gifts are good and part of the growth of the church, they will end. They will be abolished. They will be crushed, fade away. They will disintegrate. Our knowledge, our ability to speak the truth is small and limited by our own perspective. We only have part of the picture. And we see in that scripture that what Paul is teaching them is that we are in a path of growing. We as disciples of Jesus are growing every day. We are maturing. We are part of fulfillment of purpose. We are maturing as Christians. Now, maturing as Christians will help us see what God is doing in our lives. And Paul uses a metaphor to explain it. Infants grow to maturity. When I was an infant, infant I acted like one. When I became a mature adult, my infant ways are abolished, or at least they should be. Now, for now, as infants, life is an enigma. And that is what is literally saying in the scripture. Everything is new. It represents something that simply does not make sense. The grown-up world doesn't make sense to the infant. And here's where it blossoms into something incredibly beautiful. Notice how the infant looks at the world. It's like looking at a mirror, looking at herself. And when you gaze at a mirror, you can see who you really are. You can look face to face. In maturity, you will perceive, you will know what you need to change. So, in this scripture, what the church is receiving is you need to grow. You need to mature. He's telling me to just stop gazing in the mirror to say, oh, look what God is doing in my life. But to look at the mirror to see what still needs to be changed, to see what still needs to grow, to wonder how important they are to God's eyes. To move away from the bickering and the childishness. To be part of the body of Christ that God is trying to build in a mature way in the world. So they could actually see each other. God's love will cause in them to see each other. 
And we are called to love each other in the same way that God loves us. Each of us is a beloved child of God, and we are called to look out for everybody. Notice that the last word in this majestic poem is love. Love. Love becomes whatever the recipient needs it to become, says Dr. Gary Simpson. Love does what it needs to be done for the good of the other and for the good of the community. So what does love look like right now? What does love look like during this season of fall? During this season of an upcoming election? During this last quarter of the year? Now Jesus said, no greater love is there than this. That one laid down one's life for a friend. Now each day we see expressions of love. We see how communities come together to help one another. We see love as essential workers and healthcare providers enter into dangerous spaces to care for one another, to care for those that are sick and dying. Love does not ask, what is my individual right and how can I get away with it? How can I get my way? Love sees the needs of others. What can I do to make sure that people can be safe, people can be healthy, to see a community thrive, to see a church thrive? Now, this is the love being described in the scripture today. It is the love that we call as agape. A love that isn't based on affection or approval, that is totally unconditional, coming as a free gift, not because the beloved deserves it, but because the lover chooses to give it. It is a decision of the will to act the other person's best interest whether we feel like it or not. It's get it down at the supper table like Jesus did and wash the disciples' feet. It's being willing to lay down your life to save people who don't even care about you. It's the way God loves us and the way God is calling us to act forward others as well. Love is essential to the life of the church. Three things are essential in our discipleship journey. We have three things that lead us towards maturity as we grow as disciples of Jesus. We trust steadily in God, we have hope in God, and we love extravagantly. Let me repeat that again. We trust steadily in God, we have hope in God, and we love extravagantly. And we can love because God has already fully known us and loves us anyway. And is working to make our lives and our communities look more and more like this tireless love. Remember that God's love is with us, is for us, and will guide us through this together.
So I invite you today. I invite you today to just look at the mirror, examine yourself. See the areas you need to grow in your journey with Jesus. Ask yourself, how can I love God, but how can I love others? What are the ways today that I could express that love to others? Trust steadily in God. This may be challenging times, but we continue to trust God. We continue to have hope that no matter what tomorrow brings, God's presence will be with us. So the invitation is to be like Jesus, to love others, to share the good news even in challenging times and to say God has loved the world, that he has sent Jesus to save each and every one of us so others could open their hearts and see Jesus in their lives. Others could say, yes, Jesus gave his life for me at the cross so I could be saved. Be a disciple of Jesus, grow in faith. Ask the Spirit today, what are the areas that I need to grow? And God's Spirit will guide you on the journey. God will guide us through this together because God's love is with us, is for us, and He will continue to be with us in the journey. May God bless us, and may God be with us as we walk together in faith. Let's have a word of prayer. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for being with us. Help us grow. Help us grow in faith. I pray, God, that you guide us on the journey and we continue to grow and, and not, love, not only love you, but love our neighbors, love our brothers and sisters. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.